Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Board Game Mechanics. I'm Katie, and with me, as always, is... Hey, guys, what's going on? It is Jason. I feel like we try to do the intro the same every week, and I wonder if people think it's like a recorded bit that we just plug in, or if they know that we do it every week. <laughs> no, I that, that's too much editing. That's not going to happen. It's actually pretty easy. I did it for another podcast. I understand, but I'm not going to do that is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I don't know. I don't know what people think. I, honestly, people probably don't think about us that much, if I'm going to be frank and real with myself. They clearly do think about it, because somebody sent us, probably me, because I said I was going to play this game, Gloomhaven Jaws of the Lion. Crazy. I don't know who it came from, so whoever sent this is going to be my fickle favorite of the week. I don't normally have a fickle favorite. You know, That's my thing. I think I have that trademarked. You didn't ask if you could use that. It's our podcast. You can't trademark a portion of your podcast. Says who? Says me. Oh, suddenly you own the podcast now? <laughs> I, I said the podcast. I said, oh, I said a podcast. Either way, fine. We'll call you the, uh, the favorite. How about just the favorite? Because <laughs> I'm super clever and... I know. <laughs> Good job. I know that fickle so, favorite is great alliteration there. I, I I have to pat myself in the back for that one. It is. It is. So thank you to whoever sent me a copy of Gloomhaven Jaws of the Lion. Uh, it's all punched out. I've watched some videos. I've read through the rule book. So once I get someone else, probably Katie, to yep. sit down with me, we'll play through a couple scenarios. And I'll probably end up doing a video on it, a live play, something. Because yeah. I said I would try it, and now I'm going to try it. So thank you. It's very awesome. Big surprise. And I'm actually kind of excited to try it. I want to know if it was like a birthday present or if it's like a challenge. Like you said, oh, I really want to play this. Someone's like, yeah, right. Minnie's in a dungeon crawl. Jason will never play that. I'll teach him. I'm going to send him the game. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Yeah. yeah but, I mean, honestly, I'm, I think the reason I've never played it is that regular box is just insane i would hate to dive through that and right. do any of that and dungeon crawls are just not really my jam but reading through the rule books there's some really cool card play in this so it might make up for the fact that i'm in a dungeon killing stupid monsters <laughs> hey i ha- spend a lot of time in dungeons killing stupid monsters but we'll talk about that later yeah that's true but i wish someone would tell me i have my suspicions i totally do if you want to privately message me and tell me that you sent to Jason, I promise I won't tell him. I'll keep it a secret. <laughs> but I, I, I want to know. Like, I've done my investigation. Uh, members of the Riveted have been, some have been playing kind of coy. Some have come out with outright denials. Um, but I, I think I got your number. So. Uh, and if you knew how, how much it bothers Katie to not know something. <laughs> Like it really does. Like I, I, it's it's fine. As I'm just happy somebody you know listens to the podcast and realize, hey, you might actually play this game. So here's a you know something for you. That's as far as my like questioning goes. But Katie will like dwell on it. She'll miss sleep. She'll call like um, she'll go to like town records. She'll like dive into <laughs> all this stuff. She'll find you. She'll find you. And if she was Liam Neeson, she would say something crazy. But she would just find you and she will thank you. That's, how Katie <laughs> That's right. I will find you and I will <laughs> thank you. So if you want to fess up now, you can slip into my DMs. And let me know. Um, I think I'm I have a really good hunch, but, you know, I, I could be wrong. It's 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 a it's it's a far fetched possibility. But it's a possibility. What? You being wrong? Yeah. 
<laughs> See what I have to live with? <laughs> I'm never wrong. My name is Katie, and I'm never wrong. I said I could be. I'm leaving room for that remote possibility, but there is room there for it. That's true. That's more than I ever get. Usually, it's I'm not wrong. I'm right. Well, I mean, compared to you, <laughs> I'm always right. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but but really, thank you guys. Um, we're always overwhelmed by the generosity of the Riveted, and even more so the fact that you guys actually listen to us. <laughs> Like, oh, someone listened enough and then retained that information enough to send us something or comment about it um, on social media. Sometimes you all pull out quotes from the podcast. And I'm like, where does that come from? And you're like, well, you said it. And I'm like, oh, I guess I did. I don't listen to my own podcast and I don't remember saying that. We say a lot of things. It's like diarrhea <laughs> of the mouth. We have no idea. Yeah. So it's such a thrill. And, you know, we just... Really respect the crap out of you guys. So thank you so much for that. Yeah, I appreciate it. And we I will play it, I promise. Like, it's going to be soon. I learned it, so I don't, I'm going to play it before I forget it. So, yeah, it will get played. All right. So, speaking of when people don't listen to me, apparently every time I talk about any kind of news or crowdfunding or Kickstarters, Jason doesn't listen to anything I say. Um, he's like, oh, you probably talked about the game, but I zoned out. I'm like, great. Good to know. Not even my co-host listens to my Kickstarter rant. <laughs> That's true. I mean, <laughs> I did say that earlier. <laughs> so in protest, I only have two games on Kickstarter news. Um, the first one is kind of silly, but really kind of cute. And I think the name of it is kind of odd, but I honestly think it's a translation kind of issue and it's called game of hunt the family magnetic board game so um this is a game out of norway by this couple which is they're so cute and it's really a family game the cool thing about game of hunt is it's looks like a book but all the pieces are magnetic um, because they mentioned, like, oh, we know how it's terrible when you're playing and someone bumps a table and, like, pieces shoot everywhere. Especially if you're playing for family games. And that's what really this is about. This is a family game. Um, there's four different um, adventures in this book. So each of them, you turn pages to get to the different boards, and they're all magnetic. And they kind of share some similar pieces. And um, they're all cooperative. So that way you kind of, it's about building skills, I think, a lot in young kids and other board gamers learning like playing cards and selecting your turn actions and doing different phases storytelling role playing planning working together you know sharing those kind of basic things which i think is is really great and sweet and so there is a game where you have to go hunt mushrooms because um, it's your dad's birthday and his favorite soup is mushroom soup. But some of the mushrooms are magical. And if you pick certain ones, they'll like teleport you across the board and you might lose the mushrooms you have. Um, there's one where called Monkey Temple uh, where you're in like this temple and you're trying to like get rid of these kind of creepy monkey statues and collect treasure. One where you're helping a little alien. Um get resources from a planet um and then another one where like you're collecting keeping like some other as an alien no monster trash monsters like depositing trash everywhere in your city and you're trying to clean up the city and figure out what in the world the trash monster is doing 
Um, but you're playing your pieces, all these different pieces, different tiles and things, cubes down on this board in this book, and they all stick to it because they're magnetic. And you've got basic cards that have directions, um, cards that allow you to pick up resources, cards that allow you to teleport and swap cards with other players. Like, it's just a really cute idea. I really think, um, and also for traveling, gosh, to have a magnetic board game, I think that's really, it's neat. So if you are looking for a good game for kids, learning starting out, this seems like a really cute, sweet little thing. The artwork is adorable. I just really like it. Um, so check out Game of Hunt, the family magnetic board game. There is five days left. I don't know if this is going to fun, which makes me really sad. I hope they um, like re try to re-implement it and maybe get more people to advertise it or um, re-look at the amount of funds they're asking for. I don't know. I just think it looks really cute. So check them out. Um, there's five days left in the Kickstarter. It's 42 bucks for the game, one to six players. Yeah, I think the magnetic thing is cool. I, I wish more games did that, honestly. Agreed. I, I hate pieces sliding around. It's so annoying. Like, yeah, I'm sure it costs more money. I get that. But, man, it would be so nice. Absolutely. Uh, my next game is also cooperative, but it's a reverse tower defense game. And this game is called The Spill. Um, and this is brought to you by Smirk and Dagger, Smirk and Laughter, um, Games Kurt Covert bringing this one to you and it's titled the spill because it's about an oil spill. There's been an oil spill at an oil rig out in the ocean and cooperatively you are trying to get rid, clean up the oil spill, get animals out of the way of potential oil, rescue animals who have gotten oil on them and thus are sick and comp I don't know, compromise. I don't know what you call it. Um, but you're working together to do that. And what's really cool about this is in the center of the board is this oil rig dice tower. And that is how you determine where the spill is happening. So there's this ring of area around this tower. The black cubes drop out of it and land in these four different quadrants. And the numbers indicate where the spill is moving. And how far it's reaching. Really interesting. Like, I think that mechanism is super cool. Um, and then also, so you each, kind of almost like pandemic style, you each have a specialty. Like, you could be a vet. Or you could be a marine biologist. Or, like, a risk engineer for the oil rig. Um, just uh, five different specialist cards. You There also are um, ship wooden ship tokens. You've got marine life tokens. Um, you, the other thing I think is really cool is also weather affects it. So you've got these weather dice that kind of come along and can also affect where the oil is moving and what you're able to do. And so you're working together. You, there's one condition where you have to meet these three different, these three certain conditions, say three contaminated marine animals, remove like a total of 12 oil dice from the game or save like two full sets of marine life. So you've got all these kind of different things you're working at and you're all trying to work together. There's some weather effects. Um, more oil can come out. 
Um, marine animals can be harder to rescue. It's harder to move. Uh, it looks... I, I think that theme is really cool. I don't love this style particularly, actually, um, of, of like a like pandemic or stuff like that. I know that's sacrilege to some of you. But they always just seem so mean and brutally punishing. I'm like, why is it so hard? But I really like the theme of this. The other thing is, this seems to me like another one of those cooperative games where the subject matter, when you fail, it feels real bad. Like, I just let three turtles die because they are coated in oil. Like, that just sounds so terrible. Um, but I, that's so that's what's so intriguing. And that's what I think would be is so great about this game. The other thing is that Smirk and Dagger is actually donating a portion of the sales of Kickstarter um, to Oceana, which is um, an organization that, that provides cleanup efforts for oil spills, which I think is awesome. And they're working, um, they're hoping even, they have some ideas if you're an educator to help you use this game to talk about some of those environment impact um, conservation kind of things. So I think it's a lot of cool stuff going on in this game, not to mention the components and the gameplay itself. So if any of that sounds interesting, check out the spill. There are six days left on that Kickstarter and it's $45, which I feel like is pretty reasonable. Yeah, that's a good price. The thing that I think is weird about this game is that it came from Smirk and Dagger. They do a lot of mean games where you're like stabbing people in the back, beating people up, just being pretty awful to people. So the fact that they're branching out a little bit and doing a theme that is, you know, deep and not mean is I, I like that. So yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I think it seems awesome. So that is all the Kickstarter news I have for you today. All right, so let's talk about a few games that we played. So we're going to talk about one that we played together, and then we're going to talk about one that I played without Katie, and Katie will talk about some story that she read and rolled some dice. Stop it. Um, <laughs> so the first game we're going to talk about is, it's a pretty new game. I don't. I think it came out this year or last year, but the Kickstarter may have delivered recently. It doesn't matter. It's new to me, new to us. Um, Katie, let me get this for my birthday, and it is called Venice from Brain Crack Games. Um, it's a uh, the second in the series. The third one is going to be Florence, which looks really good. And what you're doing in this game is it's effectively a pick up and deliver game. You are controlling two gondolas. You're moving your gondolier back from one gondola to the other. You're trying to go around to these different locations, get assistance out on the board so they can gather different types of resources for you, help you get scrolls, maybe give other people intrigue, um, help you score points, get influence cards, all that kind of thing. And then you're trying to get, when, once you get the certain amount of cubes, certain colors, you're trying to get to the location so you can deliver those goods to score some points and some get some money. And then those contracts are going to give you some ongoing abilities to make life easier along the way. That's the quick and dirty of it. It's a pick up and deliver with some really some different tweaks, which I kind of find enjoyable. So, um, what did you think of Venice? Um, well, first of all, the most adorable, fun player pieces ever. Like not like the fact that you've got these cute little gondolas 
And then you got this little gondolier meeple. Oh my gosh, he's so cute. And the bridges that you can build. I just wish the cubes of stuff were actually like shaped like things. Well, but then they wouldn't fit in the boat that well. I know, but it would make it even better for me. I'm just saying. Uh, but I really like it. I generally like pick up and deliver games. Um, I like the way this kind of ups um, the difficulty by saying, hey, you've got to move your gondolier back and forth between your two boats or pay. So then your, your strategy kind of changes. I actually really enjoy the two-player component where you're moving around the smuggler, right? Yeah, smuggler. You each have these smuggler boats. Um, and so at the end of of your turn, you flip over two cards and then you choose a location that smuggler goes to. And normally I hate when in a two-player version, they make it so you have to control something else. But this is more than a dummy player. Like You can really use that smuggler to your advantage to help give you points um, to really screw over somebody else and give them more intrigue um, to kind of block off certain routes. Um, I, I, I just really think that is clever. And I almost don't want to play it at a higher player count because I like that so much. I don't know if the smuggler comes in at all in higher player counts. No, just two. Okay. And maybe solo, I th- but I know two for sure. Yeah. And so um, the other thing is, in thinking about playing in higher player counts, um, I feel like the map is really small and would be really difficult with those extra boats. But I mean, I guess it's the same as having the smuggler boats out there, kind of. Um, I don't yeah, know. I mean, you could make it work, I think. I think it could work still. Yeah, I would like try it at three just to see. Uh, but I really thought it was fun. I had a good time and I like contract fulfillment. And I like that when you fulfill a contract, not only do you get like points and money, but then you also um, get like an ongoing power. And those are some of the times I forgot my ongoing powers. Sometimes I also forget to pick up cubes as I pass places where I have left oh, my. Yeah. That's a hard rule to remember. <laughs> My people. Yeah, it shouldn't be because I should always want more cubes. But I'm so focused on the ones I need to fill my contracts that I kind of forget about the other stuff. Uh, but, I, yeah, I really enjoyed it. It was really good. I'm looking forward to the expansion. Yeah, it's it's a good pick-up-and-deliver game. And if you like, um, well, if you like pick-up-and-deliver and you want one that's a little deeper, because mo- the controlling the two different gondolas makes it a little, a little thinkier because you're trying to complete different contracts with certain gondolas. So it just gives you a little bit more thing to, to think about. And the smuggler is really cool. It does give you that opportunity to screw somebody over or, you know, go give yourself some points or whatever. So that's really neat. And also, if you like to play with little fun shaped meatballs, it's a good time. However, I was not that distracted by, enough by the fun shaped meatballs to not win. That's true. You won and I got arrested. So you double won. <laughs> yes, it was excellent. <laughs> All right. So the next game... Uh, I played a bunch of games on my birthday. We had a party for our oldest daughter. And then that night we had my party, which was hanging out, eating food and playing games. <laughs> That's what I like to do. Yeah. And I actually played this game without Katie, but I played it with some, some other friends that were over. Um, someone who'd played it before and two people that had never played it. So we played a four player game of Dogs of War. And the reason I wanted to play Dogs of War is because I got some new characters and I wanted to try them out. So I was Iago... And he had a different special ability. All the other people used old characters, but I played someone new because I wanted to. He could discard tactic cards to get some money. And effectively what you're doing in Dogs of War, we have a video up on YouTube. You can check that out. But what you're doing is you are basically backing 
one side of these three different battles. You're throwing in your support to one of these houses. You're trying to make these houses more valuable because as the game goes on, you're going to collect um, shields or crests of these different houses, and the more valuable they are, the more points you're going to get from the crest because it's crest times points times the value of the house. And you're doing that through a little tug of war. You're going to be putting some soldiers down whenever you go to the worker location. And based on the value of the soldiers, how much it's going to pull the battle in your favor. So you're just trying to play tug of war in these three different battles to make them come out in the way that you want. But occasionally you might want to betray yourself and then go on the other side and support that battle. It's crazy. Um, It can get people angry if, you know, you're being really mean. Because you can do a little bit of negotiation and then just completely lie and do something else, which is kind of jerky. But... I really like Dogs of War. My character was cool. Um, the me- the minis are ridiculous. The production's pretty ridiculous because it's Simon, but it's a solid game and it doesn't get enough love. It's way out of print. It's hard to find, but I think if you can find it, you should play it because it is fun. But you have to have three, three to five is what it plays. So if you have two, no bueno. But I played Dogs of War. It was fun. Yeah, Jason played a lot of games and I have his birthday. I played Hostess and talked a lot. Uh, the one game I did play was um, Monikers, which uh, Jason never wants to play. So I had a pretty good time. And trying to figure out how to act out Lady Godiva is a little a little bit brain-burny, but my team did win. That's not on the outline, but I thought I'd throw that in there. <laughs> chocolate. You can talk about chocolate. No, riding on a horse is what I did with long hair. All I get, all I think of, I don't even know who she is, but I know that Godiva chocolate, so I would have probably said chocolate, which wouldn't that, have been helpful. No, do you know that old, there's a song. Lady yeah, Lady Godiva. Yeah, I was singing it in my head, but I don't know what, what it's about. long blonde hair hanging out. Oh, okay. There's something in, uh, doesn't Queen mention Lady Godiva in a song too? I don't know. I thought they did. Either way, we're, we're derailing. It's fine. <laughs> like usual. Yeah. So, without Jason, because he would never do this. Although, hey, maybe Gloomhaven does a lion is a step in the right direction. I um, started a new D&D campaign with my group. We are playing through the Salt Marsh campaign, which has been around for a long time. Um, I'm now playing um, a dwarven cleric. Her name is Gwendolyn Firebrand, I think. And she is like the life domain, a life domain cleric of Baroner True Silver, I think is her deity. So are you saying, are you speaking in English right now? <laughs> yes. Some of you know what I'm talking about. So we play 5e, um, but Salt Marsh has been around since long before that. This edition of Dungeons and Dragons, um, <laughs> I somehow became the de facto party leader, which is terrible. Uh, because we're in the haunted house, if you know about Salt Marsh, anyone who's who knows about that, we're in the haunted house and we're upstairs and there's a rotted floorboard and it was big enough that I couldn't walk over it. So my character, she's 4'4", four, four, 185 pounds, this little dwarf, hill dwarf, she tries to jump over the section of rotting floor. Not once, but twice. And both times I rolled so terribly that I fell through to the f- ground floor. So everyone in my party laughed it up. They had a good time. I was upset. I, I used my last spell slot to save somebody. They turned out to be a freaking assassin spy. I was betrayed. 
I wove this tapestry of curse words against him <laughs> that was still over the haunted house and eventually just beat him to death with my warhammer. So it was it was a fun time. The people in my party are hilarious. We have a bard who is a half elf. His name is Barward, which he said is both a name and a direction. <laughs> <laughs> like uh like that guy from uh Despicable Me. Yes. Vector. Yes. <laughs> we have a half orc um barbarian. We have a little uh elven monk girl. She's like 16. We've got uh, this very strange, like, druid kind of character. I don't know. And then we have, like, like a, a kind of certain high elf, like, almost princess type. So it's a very strange smattering of people. Um, it's, it's some people that uh, I've known for a long time. And, and our DM's, like, 19-year-old daughter. And then a bunch of us, like, some, like, mid-20-somethings us like late 30s and 40s somethings so it's a really fun group we have such a good time it's like um it's like if i had brothers and sisters of like all different ages and backgrounds that's what it feels like so i don't know how many of you are role players but for me i i really really enjoy playing a good session of dungeon dragons so i got to do that without jason and it was really really fun and I'm actually going to be nice, and I'm not going to say anything mean, because I already said it up at the top. You already did. I'm like, don't act like you held back. <laughs> no, I. it's just not something that's for me. I have a terrible imagination, and Dungeons & Dragons uses a lot of imagination, so it just wouldn't be fun to me. I know that about myself, so to, to not make everybody miserable... <laughs> I just don't do it. Even so. though all the people of my party have asked, like, well, if we gave Jason a character, would he come and play just, like, one time? I'm like, no. He would ruin it. I'm telling you, don't let him come. Yeah, it's just it's just not my thing. And I, it's okay. Like, I, I know everybody, tons of people love D&D. Joe Manginello, he's, like, a manly man. He he could beat me in the face. Yes, he, he loves. Could. He, he could loves, beat me in the face, and I'd say thank you. <laughs> he loves D&D. <laughs> Tons of people love D&D, and that's fine. That's cool. Have fun. It's just not my jam. So I'm glad you had fun with it. I'll just stay home with the girls. My character made it to level two now, finally. Hey, I didn't die. Just want to throw that out. Yeah. That's exciting. All right. Uh, So that is... (laughs) That was condescending. (laughs) Those are the games that we played. Let's move on before I get in any more trouble. So we are entering con season in a completely different season of the year. Um, So this week, actually, I keep thinking it's next week or two weeks from now. Um, We are going to Gen Con for the first time ever. We've never been there um, for a lot of reasons. Don't get Jason started. (laughs) Yeah, don't (laughs) let me just keep the soapbox away. We don't want me to get up on that. Uh, but this year, uh, with crowds low, I mean, we're vaccinated. We had the virus, so we feel fairly safe. I mean, it's, there's a mask mandate. We are going to check out Gen Con. And I know there's, like, Asthma Day is not going to be there, but there still are a lot of cool games that are going to be at Gen Con. And so we want to talk about our list, our top three three for each of us, our most anticipated games that we want to check out at Gen Con. So the first one, I, so let me say this. I picked games that probably are going to sound weird for me to talk about, except for the last one. They're not like 
heavy Euros, which is what I should be excited about. I picked different games. So that's that's where we're at right now. So the first one I'm going to talk about is basically a follow-up to Camel Up. And this one's called Camel Up Off-Season. It's from Pretzel Games, and I think it's for sale there. It's hard to kind of tell on BGG. There's some that say they're for demo, but this one doesn't say demo, so I'm assuming you can buy it. Um, and what this game is, is it is effectively a push-your-luck game set in the Camel Up universe, if that's a thing. I don't know. It just has camels and stuff in it. But what you're, you're, it's, you're bidding on these different markets, and then you're trying to get... Um, not get the same color carpets when you go to these markets. There's not a ton of the game. There's a few pictures. That's what BGG says. But push your luck in Camel Up universe. I'm down. I love push your luck. And if it, you know, it, the pictures look cool. There's like this little tower holding some cards and like a little tent thing. It looks neat. So it's definitely one that I want to check out because I like Camel Up. I like push your luck. So that seems like a pretty good matchup to me. So that's my first one. Yeah, we really like Camel Up and we've introduced it to tons of people and everyone really likes it. I don't know anyone who's like, ah, that game wasn't good. So to get something like that, oh yeah. Um, my first game is something I have never seen before and it is so crazy. And I think it was originally uh, a German game as a lot of them are. And this game is called Picture Perfect. Um, this is from Arcane Wonders, I think is the one bringing it now. I think it Corex Games originally. but So this is the game that is deduction and puzzle and negotiation. Because you, are tr- you have to arrange 14 characters to make the perfect photograph. And so it's, there are these like three dimensional scenes. I couldn't find like pictures of like the gameplay, but there's these scenes and there's several different ones where you're arranging characters and like there's a three dimensional table and you put items on the table in certain places and certain people next to each other. And I, I don't understand it, but it sounds cool. And so you are trying to arrange them in the way that they want the picture to be arranged. But that information, how they want it, where they want to be standing by, all their preferences are hidden in these envelopes. So each of these different characters has like three specific things that that you want to try to fulfill for them. And those are hidden in these envelopes. So like you've got to take a look inside these envelopes to figure out how to place the characters correctly. And then you're training information with other people or maybe you're hiding it from other people. Um, In some ways, it sounds like um, the gameplay for Mask of the Red Death. Um, And like you earn points at the end of the game, having the most desires fulfilled. And then you're like the master photographer. I don't know what's going on, but I want this game. It sounds like right up my alley. And just, and of course, the movement of the pieces, whoo, even better. So, um, that's, it's, says it's for sale for 45 bucks. Um, which I, if I see it for sale, I might have to break Jason's $40 rule because. I've never seen anything like this. So my first pick is Picture Perfect from Arcane Wonders. 
Yeah, this one actually is interesting to me too. I think having to move a like a bunch of people around to take the perfect picture, that's a really cool idea and it's different. So yeah, that, that one does seem kind of interesting. All right, so my next one is actually a follow-up to another game that we've played and covered on the channel called Blitzkrieg, and this one's called Caesar. Uh, it has another subtitle, Seize Rome in 20 Minutes. And it's from PSC Games, $35, and it appears to be for purchase. And the only reason I put this on the on the list is because you're pulling chits out of a bag. And I love pulling chits out of a bag. And this is, this is um, the way that uh, Blitzkrieg worked was you were kind of doing a tug of war. You'd pull tokens out, and you were fighting these six battles. You're trying to put more tokens on your side so you can win that battle, have it pull in your favor, kind of dogs of war style. This one looks like it's going to be in a little area control based on the way the map looks. So it looks like you're pulling tokens out, trying to control different areas of Rome. I'm not 100% sure because it doesn't say that, but that appears what it looks like. So that could be interesting with the little randomness of pulling stuff out of the bag and trying to control some areas. So that's why I put it on the list. So Caesar from PSC Games. I'm sorry. I have no interest in that one. You're on your own. Yeah, I'll just make Brandon play with me. <laughs> um, my next one is kind of a party game i guess i could check out how many people it plays <laughs> good job that will let me know if it's my definition of party game um but it's also four to ten so yeah definitely party game and it's it reminds me a lot of this old game i used to play in college called compatibility p.s i'm looking for a copy of that if anyone sees it um and this game is called rorschach so, yes, it is based on the ink blot images from the Swiss psychiatrist, Rorschach. And what you're doing is there are these two teams, and you're earning points by guessing how members paired, like, these selected words. So there's, like, um, there's these different words, like, devil, cowboy, um, I don't red, just random words out there. And then you've got these ink block images. And so members, people will, I guess, in secret say, okay, this ink block like relates to red. And so it's really a game of like understanding people, you know, looking for patterns like in their thinking to see which words they match with the with which ink blot. And again, that reminds me of the game compatibility, which I really loved and thought was really fun. Um, and I just like that idea then of seeing how different, how people perceive the same image differently. Because I'm just, I'm like a, a nut for how human behavior works. I just love that. I don't know why I study English instead of psychology. It's because I'm bad at science. But this game looks like a fun melding of those things. I'm sure Jason would hate this, but this looks really fun for me. Um, I think it's already been out in a different language, so you can buy it now, it looks like. And um, this is from Capstone, and they have it for 30 bucks. so I'm really interested in Rorschach. Yeah, it's not for me, but... I knew it. Yeah, it's just not... I don't know. Party games are just not my thing anyway, but yeah, I, I, eh. you would like it, though. I can see that. Well, and to you, an inkblot's an inkblot. Right. I, I would have no idea what I'm looking at. It's just a black dot. I don't know. <laughs> All right, so the last one I'm going to talk about, now we're getting into the stuff that, you know, should be on my list. This is a looks to be a heavy Euro game, and it's called The Belgian Beers Race from Grand Gamers Guild. Another company did it, but Grand Gamers Guild is bringing it to Gen Con. 
It's for purchase. The price is a little high, $85. So I'm probably not going to buy it, but I can still be <laughs> Probably. <excited about it. laughs> so what this game is, and the reason that I picked it, a couple things. The player board on this thing is fantastic. It The player board in, on its own has like five different tracks. I love tracks. They're dual layered. I love that. You put cubes in the tracks. I love that. But the second reason is you're going around Belgium trying to drink as many beer at, beers as you can from these 40 different breweries over three days. That's an interesting theme. And throughout the game, you're trying to go use different modes of transportation. You're going to be using a bike, public transport, um, just to try to get to places before other players. And then when you get to the different breweries, you can taste the beer, you can buy the beer, or you can even buy cheese because apparently breweries make cheese. I don't no, know. but you need cheese with beer. It's good. Yeah, I guess. Beer cheese. Um, so I don't know a ton about this game other than what I've read on BGG and um, the pictures. I haven't done a bunch of review, like re- research, looking at any videos or anything. Um, I know, I think Bob at the board game rundown actually has a copy. I'm trying he to get him to give to give it to me because <laughs> it looks awesome. But he posted it on the Riveted, and like then I saw. You saw, because I already did my list before, Grand Gamers Guild said they were going to Gen Con, and then I had to put it on my list because it just looks so good. Interesting theme, nice, big, heavy Euro. I remember it being on Kickstarter, didn't back it because it was like $300. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it looks good, and it, I at least want to check it out and see what it looks like on the table. Maybe overhear somebody doing a demo because it looks it looks solid and like something I would enjoy. So that's the the Belgian beers race. Anything over forty dollars to you is like five hundred dollars. Like that is the same in your mind. It's true. You're not wrong. So speaking of like heavier games and games that seem like we would like, my last one is definitely on that list. And I may have discussed this when it was on Kickstarter, because it sounds like something I would do. And that game is Merchants of the Dark Road. You should ask me if you talked about it. Like you would know. <laughs> If I did, if you did know I talked about it, then you zoned out. You have no idea what it's about. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> so uh, this is from Elf Creek Games. And this has a rondelle. You're like going around and preparing for the dark season. So you're trying to like be a brave merchant that's going to go between cities and make sure that you've got items to produce, items to sell, hire people to travel with you. You're manipulating the market. There might be some back alley sellers. There's a, a dungeon where you can go find magical items, maybe get some notoriety, um, gathering stuff to help ease the passage as you're kind of going to these other villages with your caravan. Um, it's There seems like there's a lot going on. I watched Rada run through this a while ago, um, but there's a rondelle. There's dice placement that like that you're using dice as workers. I mean, all of those. There's also like adorable carriage, like caravan meeples. What more could I ask for? The answer is nothing. Um, so I'm really interested in tar- checking out March of the Dark Road. They say they're only going to have demos there, which is sad. But I did not back it on Kickstarter because it was probably $50. And Jason said, oh, that's like $500. So we did not back it. <sighs> It was more than that. I do remember this one being on Kickstarter. <laughs> you don't remember if I talked about it or not, but you do remember it was on Kickstarter. Yeah, that's right. So maybe I'll convince him that we need to look into this when it makes it somewhere. So the last one that I'm really excited about is Merchants of the Dark Road. Yeah, I we talked about this. It, it seems like something I should like, but for some reason after I watched Rado, it didn't just quite click with me. So 
Yeah, maybe if I see it in person, that'll change my mind. That's what I'm hoping. I also had a lot of other, like, there were a ton of games on the list I was looking at that I'm like, ooh, ooh, oh, that sounds interesting. Some of them we've actually already played. Ooh, look at me sounding like Man vs. Meeple. Uh, but we have, and so I, I didn't want to put them on my list because I already like them and have played them. Um, and there's some that I they just I just didn't talk about. But I have a few honorable mentions that I want to talk about. The first one, and it's almost made it on my list, is a game called Suspects. Um, it's from Studio H, and it is a mystery solving game. Um, kind of set in the Agatha Christie world, which I love Agatha Christie. Oh my gosh. And it looks like they're kind of trying to set this up to do more in the future. So you have like three mysteries in this first one and you play um, Claire Harper. And it's like, which I think is really interesting. She's this female first woman to graduate from Oxford and, um, you're going through her investigation, seduction, it's murder mystery, all the things that I freaking love. Um, so the cards kind of appear to have almost um, a choose your own adventure. If you're going to question this person, go here to this number. Uh, there's cards of evidence. You've got little maps and different things. It looks amazing. And I really, really want it. And it's only $30. Hello. Right under our budget, Jace. So I'm really interested in suspects. Yeah, that one does, does look interesting. I looked at that one a little bit. <laughs> Another one that I love based purely on art is a game called Night of the Ninja from Brotherwise Games, which also Asian theme. I love it as well. But the cool thing about Night of the Ninja is the cards are actually um, paper art that someone made. And then they took pictures of it and then placed that picture on this card. It is cool. It's kind of a social deduction game where, you know, each person has kind of their own mission um, as like, which kind of, are you um, a spy or a fortune teller or a shinobi or a blind assassin? And um, you're like trying to see, get people to um, trust you and figure out who you can trust. It's, Definitely social deduction, four to 11 players. The rounds play out like five minutes. So it's one of those quick kind of turnaround things. I like those kind of things. I know Jason doesn't, but it looks really beautiful too. So Night of the Ninja, definitely on my list. Castle Party is also on my list because it's a flip and right. And I really like those um, because they go over so well with new gamers. And this one has a Halloween theme, which I absolutely love. It's like Monster Mash, really, is the theme. But you couldn't get the rights to that because of the song. Um, but this is some DeVere Games, 20 bucks, And it looks very much like it operates like silver and gold, which has been a really huge hit for our friends, new gamers. And we've introduced it to a lot of people. They're like, oh, they don't even hardly play any games. And they're like, oh, I'm going to buy this. I looked up at Amazon. So I'm hoping Castle Party will be another one like that. And I love anything that's Halloween themed. I'm such a sucker for that. So Furnace will be there from Arcane Wonder. Wonders. They have um, more than one wonder. They, yeah, they <laughs> All the wonders. wonders. Um, so this is a um, bidding game of, of sorts. You're trying to bid to get these different cards, I believe. I watched a video on it a while ago. I forget. 
exactly what happens, but I remember watching the video and thinking, man, this looks like a game that I really enjoy. But I know there's bidding. It all bases around like auction and bidding, which is pretty neat. And it has some interesting art. The box doesn't look that great, but the art on the cards looks really cool. And The Hunger is another one that we kind of looked at and talked about a little bit earlier. I was going to put it on my list, but I thought the player elimination was meaner than it is. But after Katie looked at it, it looks like it's effectively like a a clank type game where you're trying to play these cards through deck building, go down, get some things, get out before you die, that kind of thing. And it's from You completely killed the theme on that. The hunger is about being a vampire. So you're going to go out and hunt people. Okay, and you're going down, you're getting some things and you're coming out. And you got to no, you got to find the eternal rose and you have to get back to the castle before the sun comes up and you turn to ash. Hello. Okay, so there's a the theme. It's effectively playing cards, going to get some things and getting out. Renegade um, Richard Garfield of Magic the Gathering fame, $50. And I wanted to add a couple. Ooh, look um, at you. Holly Jolly. I don't know why this game appeals to me, but it's Christmas. I like the Christmas-themed games because most of the too. time there's not good ones. So when there is a good one, it's nice to have. And this is a game where you're putting these, you're putting, I think you're putting ornaments on a tree. And based on the value of the ornaments that you put down is going to determine when you can pick a present from under the tree. I don't know much more about it, but it seems like it could be fun, and it's a Christmas theme, so I'm down for that. And the second one, I just had it pulled up, and now I forget. Um, oh, yeah. Kabuto Sumo. I shouldn't be excited about this, but... Didn't I talk I about am- this when I was on Kickstarter? Yeah, and I've watched some oh. videos on it. I- I'm actually interested a little bit, more than I should. This is effectively <laughs> one of those stupid coin games that you get play at the arcade where you drop the, the coin in, it falls down, and it pushes the coins, and hopefully it pushes coins off the edge. That's effectively what this game is. Hmm. You're pushing these little discs, and you're trying to knock the other person's like sumo butterfly or ladybug off or something. They're sumo and, bugs is what they yeah, are. Yeah, okay. So just, bugs. yeah, you're trying to knock their bugs off by pushing other discs around while they're pushing your disc around. It's silly, but I think it seems interesting for some reason. I don't know. So what Kabuto is Sumo. with you? You picked some really whacked out games. I, I don't know. I've seriously watched at least five videos on this stupid Kabuto Sumo game. I have no idea why it's so intriguing to me, but I kind of like it. Oh my goodness. So if any of the if any of the riveted are going to be at Gen Con, Jason and I will be walking around separately because he wants to look at a bunch of dumb games that I don't want to look at. And he doesn't want to look at any of the games I want to. Which is fine, because when he's not there, I just buy them without him frowning disapprovingly. What are you I'm talking like, about? The, what? I, uh, what? I'll, be, I'll be looking at good games like Furnace and Camel Up and Belgian Beers Race. Those are great games. <laughs> so, first, are any of you going to Gen Con? Let us know. We'd love to meet up, hang out, say hey. Um, to be honest, we're only going to be there one day on Thursday. So maybe not other people will be there. Um, but we'd love to say hey. Um, so look for us. I think we'll wear our board game mechanics t-shirts. And we'll ha- I'll have a board game mechanics mask on as well. Oh, yes. I will. Yeah, I will too. I have one also. So you can see us. Um, but if you're not going to Gen Con, or even if you are, what games do you want to know more about? What are you interested about? We're going to try to get some coverage from there, post stuff um, on our Facebook page, also in our Facebook group, hashtag the riveted, which you definitely need to join if you haven't yet, because it is the greatest group of people. Although one of you is holding a secret and I will find you. Or we'll also be posting pictures on our Instagram. Check that out as well. 
probably tweet out some stuff on the Twitters. So give us a retreat. Retweet? That's really hard to say. <laughs> retreat. Retreat, retreat. I'm going to punch you. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, putting videos up on YouTube. I think we're going to have an unboxing coming up soon. We've been collecting a couple boxes for that. So. Oh, yeah. There's going to be some good ones in there. That'll be oh so exciting to look forward to. Although, apparently, it is very boring. And I even say that, like, every time. So you can stuff it, Dan. <laughs> I haven't installed Dan for a while, so I thought I needed to throw that in. That's true. He, he needs to get humbled. It's fine. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah. So speaking of Dan, um, check out our friends, except for Dan, over at the Board Game Rundown. Bob, Tim, Spencer, and Dan, they have a, a video series, topical weekly series, where they interview designers, publishers, talk about games that they played, Kickstarters, all that kind of thing. They also do unboxings and reviews, and they like different games than us. So if you get tired of looking at my face and Euros, go check them <laughs> out, and you can see their face and non-Euros. So that's kind of what they do over there. Yeah, they're full of Ameritrash. Yeah, occasionally a Euro squeak in, and I'm like, hey, what are you guys doing with this? Mm-hmm. Did you steal this from my collection? Right, there's no tentacles here. There's no World <laughs> Resolve Combat. What's going on? Yeah. All right, well... Thanks for listening again, and we hope to maybe meet some of you at Gen Con. If not, we'll also be at Origins in a couple more weeks, so we'll talk about that. A little bit of foreshadowing. In the not-so-distant future. We might, unless it interferes with our top 100 games of all time. I don't think it it does. Okay, then good. That's also more spoilers. Top 100 games is actually going to be coming up pretty soon. I got to play some old stuff to refresh my brain. And I think I think this year is going to be a huge shakeup for my top 100. I mean, I'm throwing it out there. I'm predicting it. Uh, yeah, I think you're going to have a new number one this year. I, I'm feeling it. I don't know if I'm going to have a new number one. I think Obsession is going to be your new number one. No. I don't think it beats out Coimbra. That's, that's crazy. And I haven't okay. played Grand Austria with the new expansion, so. Oh, that's true. That is true. I don't know. See, all kinds of things. Who knows? Who knows? Only the shadow knows. (laughs) That's a big throwback. Nobody knows that. I wasn't even alive then, but I'm just throwing it out. I think think we're done here. I I have had some caffeine and some sugar a little late, and I'm feeling a little jazzed right now. Yeah. We should probably wrap this up. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, I've been Katie. And I'm Jason. Keep gaming, everybody. Keep gaming. convinced this is diet i feel like it is fully leaded